You're listening to Sportsnet Today on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Happy Thursday. Welcome to Sportsnet Today, everyone. My name is Peter Klein, coming to you from the DL Basement Systems downtown studio here in a still snowy downtown Calgary. We are jammed up today. Hour number one, uh, we have me. We're going to have a stamps report, and Alex Ferrario covers the St. Louis Blues. We will be chatting with the uh, St. Louis Blues host coming up in about half an hour. Hour number two, we're going to be joined by Brett Sutter, he of the Calgary Wranglers, and Adnan Burke. I haven't had a chance to talk with Adnan in a while, so really looking forward to that one coming up a little bit later on today. Your thoughts, always welcome on the text line, 960-960 on this Calgary Flames game day. Brought to you by South Point Toyota. Pre-game at six with Pat Steinberg. Puck drop with Derek Wills and Megan, uh, Megan Mickelson coming up at seven o'clock. We're going to get into what we need to see from the Flames tonight the opposition for the Flames, the St. Louis Blues, and get a little bit into the Shane Pinto thing, although I kind of have a feeling we're missing a step or two in this entire conversation. It's a weird one, but I want your thoughts. As always on the text line, 960-960. You guys are always way too nice to me, but that doesn't mean you should stop. Uh, We have Cameron and Taylor in the other room producing this fine show today, making life way too easy on me. Um, as this is going to be a a fun one today. But uh, let's get into it. The Calgary Flames taking on the St. Louis Blues tonight. As mentioned, it is a 7 o'clock puck drop with uh, Wilsey and Mickelson on the call. Steinberg giving you the pregame before that. Um, I I like to do like, okay, what am I watching for in this game? And my first note under that is just be better. This has to be a better everything from the Flames. The the Calgary Flames need to play the sport of hockey better than they did last night. I think that basically covers it, right? Okay, moving on. Uh, But no, like there just, there needs to be any kind of intensity. There needs to be any kind of fire shown from this group. We've had a couple days now hearing clips about how embarrassing the the losses and this, that, and the other thing. Um, Show it now. Prove to us how embarrassed you are. Show us that you have wiped the egg off of your face and are now ready to, to come out and uh, gain retribution on a different team wearing blue this time to, to go out there and and really show what this team has. Because we, we talked about it yesterday. This is feeling an awful lot like last year. Um, that can't happen. That This has to be a, a game where the, the Flames come out and, and really show who they are and what they are. The problem is I don't really know who they are or what they are, but we need to see some life from this group. Um, We need to see the the best players being the best players uh, in this one tonight. You you have Nazem Kadri who has had some moments, but we need to see more of it. Jonathan Huberto had some moments, need to see more of it. And, And we had the... Um, the, the tweet last night about how Jonathan Huberto needs to be a $10 million player. And uh, the, the responses to that, I would say, I, I'm, you guys are on our, our social media um, as well. So I, I wanted to get your thoughts on this as well, Cam and Taylor. Um, overwhelmingly negative would, would kind of be how I would describe the reaction to Jonathan Huberto on those. I think that's been kind of the vibe. We we had that post that went out a few weeks ago where, where Pat was talking about how he believed that Jonathan Huberto had been the Flames' best offensive player so far. And to that point, that was true. I think that's definitely fallen off a little bit, yeah. as has 
honestly, the rest of the team. Uh, <laughs> and it still might be true. Social media has shown it. Like we're we're putting out stuff, and like people are not happy, and people are talking about yeah. like, listen, fans aren't like we're not stupid. No, we know what's going on here. It's not a very good team, so. Yeah, I, you just got to play. You got to play better. You got to start tonight. You got to nip this in the bud before it gets out of control. Yeah, because it, it's kind of feeling out of control already. Um, but no, that this I would love for this one to be the Jonathan Huberto game this evening. Like he goes out there and just put a put, put your stamp on this one. Some news and notes as uh, Matt in Co- uh, Cochran. I almost said Corcoran. That would be incorrect probably not even a place um as matt in cochran texted in uh they are starting joel hofer tonight in goal now um joel as we all know uh played goalie for the world junior hockey championship team in 2020 also was at the world hockey championship this year um i'm saying we all know of course because i both cam and i were like um who and and taylor came in and basically just recited his elite prospects page off by heart to us so uh, put us in our place tonight that the former world junior goalie, he went five and oh in 2020 and it just like evaporated from my brain. Uh, but he is in net for the, the St. Louis blues tonight. And as Matt said, um, he, uh, where is it here? Oh, my first reaction was who followed by great. The flames are going to get goalie tonight. Aren't they? It just screams that Joel Hofer, who allowed six goals in his only appearance this year and allowed 10 in his last two games to close out the, the 22-23 season, this just screams this guy stops 32 in a, a 3 nothing blue shutout tonight. So that's where our optimism lies with this Flames team. Uh, a couple other texts at 960-960. Uh, here's a prediction for, or here's a prediction, Peter. Your favorite player, Nazem Kadri, will have a big game and a goal. History with Bennington and the St. Louis Blues. Maybe Maybe that's it. They just didn't want to poke the bear with Nazem Kadri tonight. And so they're, they're going to leave Bennington on the bench um, so that Kadri doesn't um, look for revenge after the, the water bottle toss of a, a couple of years ago. But I, I, I really hope that, that you are correct in that because they, they need a big Nazem Kadri game. They kind of need him to get up off of the mat and lead this team. Also, someone just texted in Klein, you're tall and awkward and drive quads off mountains. Look, it was one quad off one mountain, okay? You Let, drive not... one quad off one mountain, and yeah. suddenly you're the guy who drives quads off mountains. One quad off of one mountain in Mexico, and it just sticks with you for the rest of your life. Much like the scars in my arms and legs from said event, uh, it, it just sticks with you the, the whole time. It is funny. People like that That story, well, that was from my bachelor party in 2019, so that story is four years old. Um, I have lost this job and semi got it back in that time. And there will be people who will still, um, that's how they know me is the, the dude who sent a quad off of a cliff in Mexico back, uh, before the pandemic. So, uh, n- nice that some things still stick around, but, uh, thank you for listening for, for all of those years and, uh, remembering that. Um, anyway, back to this game tonight, flames taking on the blues who are struggling just as much as the flames are. And that's another reason why this needs to be a a performance where the flames really put a a stamp on this one tonight. I'm not saying it's a must win or anything like that, but if if this team wants to get to where they all said they wanted to get to, it is a, a game and a team that you should go out and dominate this evening. They've lost two of three, three of their last five, like we said, backup goalie in there for this one today. Um, you you really want to be heading into the Heritage Classic on uh, a winning note. And I think the Flames, 
aside from having watched this team for every game this year, nothing about tonight says that they shouldn't go out and win this hockey game. But you know what? I bet you that um, Alex Ferrario on um, the ESPN radio out there in St. Louis, bet you they're saying the same thing about the Flames tonight. So should be an interesting tilt. Um, Just quickly, the Shane Pinto situation. Uh, He gets suspended 41 games for... What was the exact wording? Activities related to sports wagering. Everyone made it very clear that he did not wager on NHL games. And I understand that there is frustration because they jumped on this one pretty quick. And um, the, the, um, the investigation, that's what I'm looking for. Investigation into the 2018 World Junior Hockey Championship team has taken its sweet time getting going. So I understand the frustration there. And it does look a little hypocritical that... Every commercial ever has any type of gambling whatever on it, but then the players are being busted for gambling. So it seems weird, but this is the deal you make when you go into those types of relationships from the NHL. You can go out and get all that gambling money you want, but the players have to stay at least two arm's lengths away from that because you cannot have a hint of there being any kind of collusion or players gambling on games or anything like that. Now, they, again, were very clear that that's not what happened here, and it's very clear we're missing something because if he didn't gamble on NHL games, then who cares? But there's obviously something here. But I've seen a few of that tonight where it's like, oh, well, the NHL, all these advertisements are for bets, but the players can't bet. Yeah, basically, that's kind of it. These players cannot be gambling on games because of how much money is at stake in the gambling world now. And when you get into that bed, you you have to stay there. And there are rules for going into those sorts of things. Uh, A couple of quick texts, 960-960. Greg and Brooks. I don't know why people are, uh, don't know why people are so hard on Huberto. He's our best offensive trade acquisition since Gary Lehman. I was not anticipating a Gary Lehman reference on the show today, but here we are. Uh, quad is one thing, but it's the wrestling that I remember. Well, I, you know, it, it's just nice to, to leave an impression uh, on people. It, it's really nice that I, I've left this lasting impact of quad accidents and uh, professional wrestling on everyone. So that's what's going on with the Flames. There are other teams in town, like the Calgary Stampeders. They're making the push towards the postseason. One last stop in the regular season. Uh, that is this weekend. For more on that and everything Stampeders related, here's the Stamps Report. This this is the Stamps Report with Matty Rose. The Calgary Stampeders held their walkthrough on a chilly Thursday ahead of the regular season finale against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers Friday night at McMahon Stadium. Got depth charts early Thursday morning. Some notable players going to be rested or missing for this game. Five changes for the Stamps. Receiver Reggie Bagleton, running back Kadeem Carey, linebacker Cam Judge, and defensive backs Brandon Dozier and Brad Muhammad all hit the one-game injured list, but Dave Dickinson is hopeful they'll be all ready for the playoffs. I, I saw Winnipeg's roster as well. I think coaches are just trying to do what they think is best for their team uh, long term. So a game that means nothing for the standings. Calgary heading to BC for the West Semi, while the Bombers will host the West Final the weekend after. Stamps going to be uh, bringing an extra couple def- extra defensive linemen with them. They've also got receiver Ryson John. He'll replace Reggie Bangleton. Diedrich Mills in for Kadeem Carey at running back. And Michael Griffin is in for Brandon Dozier at the Sam linebacker position. Those some more notable swaps. Most intriguing to me, Mills, a guy I think could be a starting running back in this league. He carried the mail while Kadeem Carey and Peyton Logan were hurt. 
But then he became a victim of the numbers when Carey and Peyton Logan both got healthy. Ask Dave Dickinson how Mills has handled the last couple weeks as he gets set to start against the Bombers this weekend. He's been good. Um, he's had a good year. We do have a good running back room. Um, so he gets an opportunity here against a tough opponent. And uh, you know, in weathers like this, usually you have teams run the ball a little bit more. So he'll get his touches and uh, so will Peyton. So we'll keep an eye on that during the game. Got to stay ready because you never know. And, of course, the run game, very important at this time of year. Quickly on the depth chart for the Bombers, they're leaving a ton of veterans at home. Zach Caleros is listed as the third string. On top of that, 10 starters not dressing. Defensive linemen Justin Jefferson, Jackson Jeffcoat, and Ricky Walker. Linebackers Adam Bighill and Kyrie Wilson. Defensive backs Winston Rose, Reddick Cromdie, and Brandon Alexander. Offensive lineman Stanley Bryant and receiver Nick Dembski all resting for the Blue Bombers. Can't take them lightly. Nevertheless, Stamps have won two in a row, and you want to feel that much better having won three in a row going into the playoffs. I know it doesn't affect the playoffs and all that, but I'm, I don't feel like there's ever a meaningless game. I think you can get positives or negatives out of every game, and you also have a chance, you know, you're putting your... Your, your name on it. Uh, it's part of history. So, um, listen, it's not as important as it could have been if uh, we had to win it to make the playoffs. Uh, but it still has meaning for both teams. And so we'll play, we'll play to win and hopefully play well. Ask Dave Dickinson what the approach would be with the playbook. The balance between trying plays, see if they work, and wanting to keep the ace up their sleeve as long as possible. Oh, we're just going to play it out. So nothing like that. Um, we're, we're comfortable calling our plays. You can always come up with new plays. Um, not worried about that. Uh, just going to try to, yeah, we'll either team, you know, do something brand new. I doubt it. But, uh, you know, they could, and that's fine. You just show, sometimes you show a lot so that they have to prepare for more, or sometimes you maybe don't show as much so that teams haven't seen it and they're not ready for it. So each coach gets to decide that on their own, and uh, I'll do that as well. We also had a chance to talk about all of that and much more with Jake Mayer. He will be the starting quarterback in this game. How much he plays, up to the head coach. But Jake knows what this game means for the group as a whole. Yeah, it feels great. Um, uh, it makes everybody super energized knowing they have something to play for. Um, that's the biggest thing at the end of the year. You just want something to play for. And, uh, yeah, the, the vibes are super positive right now in our locker room. Um, and uh, I just think uh, I think we're humbled by this, by this opportunity uh, because uh, we've been through it this year. We've been through you know, injury and losses and tough losses and, uh, big win. So we've kind of been through it all. We've, we've experienced every emotion possible. So now it's, uh, I think it's a, you know, a sense of gratitude amongst the group right now that uh, however it happened, it happened, and here we are. This game doesn't mean anything in the standings, but is it, is it important to keep the good vibes and momentum going yeah. into next week? Absolutely. Um, this is kind of the first taste of real momentum that we've had all year as a group. And uh, man, what better time than now? So, yeah, we want to make sure that we're playing the game the right way. That's the biggest thing. Let's play well tomorrow, regardless of who's out there for either side. And uh, you know, whatever the outcome is, is the outcome. And like you said, it doesn't uh, doesn't really mean anything for the standings or the situation that we have going in the next week. But we want to play the game the right way and have great habits. And uh, if we do that, then hey, that's three in a row. And shoot, man, now win three more in a row and. Unbelievable things can happen. So, do you think BC has a bit of an advantage having this week off and get the rest a little bit for that big game next week? Um, I don't know. I think there's pros and cons of getting that week off. I mean, if you're a team that's beat up a little bit, then that's great. Um, but there's something about just kind of staying in that rhythm and staying in that flow. And um, for us, I love that we're playing again because I just think it's an opportunity uh, for us to just stay in that rhythm, just stay at it, keep the momentum going, keep the confidence high. Um, 
you know, I know from a quarterback perspective sometimes when, when you don't play a football game in 13, 14, 15 days, um, you know, that can, that can have tiny bit of, you know, negative consequences to it at times because maybe you're just a little bit out of your flow, out of your rhythm. So I like the fact that we're playing. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm thrilled about it. And uh, as far as advantage, disadvantage, man, that game's going to be a hell of a fight. And uh, when, when, that, when we get there, we'll talk about it more. Jake, don't turnovers the last couple of games. Your no. team's plus 12 in the differential. Yeah. Um, was that a conscious effort? Is that just the game plan working to perfection? What went into that? Well, I think early in the year we, we had not just a lot of turnovers, but a lot of just back-breaking turnovers, and we've cut those out. And if you look at you know the second half of our season here, um, our results are a lot better. Maybe not so much. Um, you know, maybe we haven't won more than we've lost, but we've we've given ourselves better chances in every game because of those turnovers and, and limiting them. So our defense is playing awesome. Um, that's the biggest thing. I think we might be plus ten in the last two weeks, which is unbelievable. Um, and that's why we're two and zero in the last two weeks. So um, yeah, we have to keep that keep that going. Uh, we feel like we found a bit of a formula here in, in, in regards to that, and it just goes back to being complementary with each other. If they force a turnover, we got to turn that into points as soon as possible, um, and uh, that's 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 how we're going to have our success. What did it mean to go four for six in the red zone last week? It's awesome. That's another one, right? Maybe maybe one too many field goals early in the year, and now they're just starting to turn to touchdowns. Um, if you look at our six wins, it's because we scored touchdowns. And I know that's kind of a common sense, like yeah, no kidding, you know. Um, we're not reinventing the wheel in that regard, but. Um, you know, our, our, our game plan and our focus and our attention to detail down there has been awesome the last couple months. You've got oh, sorry, just 122 passes roll for you without uh, throwing an interception. What's working? Uh, what's better? Seeing things differently? Cause that's a pretty good streak. I'll tell you what, I wish you, I wish you didn't say that. You might have you you jinxed us a little bit there. But I, I had no idea about that stat, but that's, that's obviously a good number, something you're proud of. But, um, yeah, I mean, just trusting your eyes, trusting your progression. Sometimes those things just happen naturally. Um, and it's and, and it has the opposite effect sometimes. You know, sometimes you throw one pick, and next you know it's you know that can snowball too. So I just think it happens uh, if if you're just playing the game right, and you're staying true to your reads. Sometimes you uh, you get lucky enough to reach that number, and and then sometimes you don't. So um, it's just part of the game. The last home game against Winnipeg, it was like all field goals. You know how. How much do you want to treat the fans, you know, coming out for fan appreciation yeah. and some touchdowns? Yeah, right? yeah, obviously that's always the goal. Um, and that was a game that we would have won if we would have scored one more touchdown, right? So, yeah, I mean, it's scoring touchdowns, right? Like, it's obviously mandatory, right? And, uh, and we want to send off our home crowd uh, with something to be proud of, get our seventh win, uh, you know, get them fired up and motivated uh, to, continue, to continue to support us on this playoff run, which is ultimately what they're most excited for, right? The talk all year has been the Bombers and the Lions in the West, obviously. Yep. Why could this team as a six or seven win team maybe surprise some people this postseason, do you think? Why do I think? Um, because, I think, you think. because I think we're getting better. I think we are getting better. I don't you know, I'm not a I'm not a promise guy. I'm not a I'm not a big expectations guy on hey, this is what you guys all need to expect. I'm a I'm a guy that shows up every day, tries to get better, tries to get our team better, and uh, and ultimately we we play better every week, and we have in the last month. So um, you know, if 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 anybody that supports us wants to be excited about anything, you should be excited about the fact that the Stampeders, after three months, four months even, are starting to play some of their best ball. Um, you know, that doesn't mean anything when you when you show up for a big playoff game. Uh, you still have to then go out and do it again, and there's tons of challenges in that in itself, being on the road and being in that type of environment. But 
um, we put ourselves in a situation where uh, we're one of the final six standing, man. That's, that's, that's something you're always grateful for. What have you seen from Diedrich Mills the last couple of weeks? It's been a workhorse for your team, but then kind of a number casualty the last little bit. Yep. Um, yeah, D. Mills, he's always the same guy. He's always super positive regardless of what his role is. Uh, when his number's called, obviously he's a, he's a tank, um, and you're going to see a lot of that tomorrow. I think, uh, I think when you're playing in the elements like this, it's, it's mandatory that you run the football efficiently. Um, and obviously they're going to do the same thing on the other side, right? So it'll be a really fun battle to, to see some of the top backs in our league go at it. It's quarterback Jake Mayer. His stamps play the Blue Bombers Friday night, 7 o'clock. Fan appreciation night. See if Calgary can win three straight to close out the season. But above all else, try to stay healthy ahead of that game in BC the weekend after. With your stamps report, I'm Matt Rose. Thank you, Matty, for that one. As the, uh, yeah, Stampeders are getting ready to play the BC Lions in the West semifinal next weekend out Excuse me, in Vancouver. Uh, a couple more texts at 960-960. People are now just listing off my greatest hits of weird things that have happened to me. We got the quad. Um, wrestling has obviously been brought up. Someone bringing up that I got concussions chasing cats. All of these things are accurate. Um, and the, the weird, weird life that is Peter Klein. Um, we have wrestling. I, I thought we, I saw that there were a few texts. They're all just joke ones. Um, I, I thought we'd have some, you know, serious ones, but just people comparing uh, Jonathan Huberto to, to Max Dupree, who's uh, now LA night let me talk to you uh so you know there, there's a lot of weirdness on the, the text line but it's all fun um as we get ready for a flames game day again it is a seven o'clock start tonight here on your radio six o'clock we'll have the pregame show with steinberg it is the flames and the st louis blues again this is a chance to wipe away some of the bad from the, the last three games not that it's all just going to be gone and forgotten and all, all of the issues from last season and so far this year are going to be gone because they won a game in october against the blues but boy it would be a nice start build some positive momentum against a team that also feels like they're in a bit of a spiral right now and we're going to learn more about that team coming up on the other side as alex ferrario joins the show he is the host for uh the st louis blues radio i am really intrigued by some pieces on this blues team but who are the st louis blues or what are the st louis blues we get deeply philosophical uh, on the blues as we learn a little bit more about the opposition for the calgary flames that is coming up next here on sportsnet today on sportsnet 960 the fan it's a Flames game day. Calgary taking on the St. Louis Blues tonight. Pre-game is at 6. Puck drop is at 7. All of it here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. My name is Peter Klein with you here on Sportsnet today from the DL Basement Systems downtown studio for Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Cracked Foundation, Boeing Foundation Walls. We have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They are all things basement-y. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. Calm. Very pleased to go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline to our next guest. He uh, covers the St. Louis Blues for 101 ESPN out in St. Louis. It is Alex Ferraro. Uh, Ferrario, sorry. Alex, how are you today? I am doing fantastic. The real question is, how are you guys doing in Calgary where I hear it's six degrees? Uh, yeah, and snowing. Uh, don't forget the snow. Um, but it's it's a dry it's cold. Before really. Halloween. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's gonna. It, it's so great. Uh, we have an outdoor game in this province uh, over the weekend. It's going to be just a wonderful time between two hockey teams that have won three games this year. So no, the 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 weather might suck, but at least the hockey team does too. Uh, <laughs> hey, God bless. God bless you guys because in St. Louis we start complaining when it hits fifty degrees. Oh, I wish I wear shorts when it gets to that. 
<laughs> I I was saying before, I would imagine that the conversations we're having here today are kind of similar to the conversations you're having about the Blues, where, um, okay, the, the team has struggled the last three to five hockey games, um, but you're facing a team that has struggled for the first three to five hockey games of the year. So now is a chance to, to get right and get back on track. Am I am I kind of on there with that? We're, we're both in similar situations, the, the Flames and the Blues here? You nailed it. And, you know, in St. Louis, it sounds like the same concerns are happening in Calgary. And it's funny you and I are talking because we just had a Julian McKenzie uh, on our midday show a little bit ago who covers the Flames for the Athletic. And what he was saying felt like I was living in the twilight zone. Like people are upset because this team's not scoring any goals right now. Now, the difference is Jordan Bennington has been unbelievable uh, compared to what I know Jacob Markstrom has struggled this year for Calgary. But, I mean, in, in a sense of this Blues team, it's okay, well, it's the same story from last year. The team's struggling to score goals. Defensively, they've gotten much better. But it's still an underperforming team that was supposed to be pushing for the playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, it's so interesting when these two teams go head-to-head because this is a measuring stick for both sides of, okay, where do we stand in this middle tier of teams in the Western Conference? Yeah, and it kind of feels like, even though it's early, that the loser of this game is kind of going to go, oh my goodness, what direction are we going in? And that's that, that's a question we're having out here basically for the last decade. Uh, but, but in St. Louis, obviously, some success not too long ago. What direction do you think that the Blues are going right now? I think they're going in the direction that Doug Armstrong play, pl- planted it in front of everybody last year when the struggles really began. When when he acknowledged at the trade deadline that they traded away Ryan O'Reilly and traded away Ivan Barbashev and Vladimir Tarasenko, it was, look, this is a retool, not a rebuild, but the hope is that we can have the same trajectory as the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, the problem with that is the L.A. Kings, although they did kind of get back into the playoff window in those three years, they had a lot of success on the drafting side, specifically like when they were bad, they were really bad, and they were selecting top 10, top 15, Whereas the Blues, they just got a top 10 pick, but they're hoping that some of these later picks click for them. Uh, guys like Jimmy Snuggerud, guys like Zachary Boldu, guys like Jake Neighbors. The hope is those guys kind of uh, get to that NHL level soon so that this rebuild can happen. But in terms of right now where this team is at, the goal this season was to push for a playoff spot. The goal this season, in Doug Armstrong's words, were to be in the middle tier or the top top third of the middle tier in the, in the Western conference, those teams that are pining for those final playoff spots. Uh, and right now they've had three games that looked like they can be that. And they've had two games most recently, the one the other night against the Winnipeg jets, where they kind of look like they're in the same spot that they were last year. So directionally, I think the blues are thinking it's still a three-year plan, but in terms of recency, I'm not sure if they're going to be that playoff team. If they are going to, to get into that, who who needs to, to step up? Uh, I guess, bluntly, who, who would need to be better for the Blues than what we've seen for the first few games of this season? Well, in, in terms of who needs to be better, I, I really, I would look at the top six forwards. I mean, the fact mm. that you've scored a total of, what is it now, five, six goals in the in the game that's not the, the Pittsburgh Penguins. So in those four games, you've scored a total of five goals. That's problematic, and when you look at it, you know, Robert Thomas just scored his first goal of the season against Winnipeg. Kairou scored his only goal of the season earlier. You just scored on the power play. Like, 
guys like Pavel Buchnevich, Thomas Kairou, Brandon Saad, Braden Shen, like the guys that you're relying upon to be in your top six, those are the guys that you're probably focusing in on. But, you know, the guy that's been superb so far but has to be all season long is Jordan Bennington. And I know he is the, the biggest narrative of this Blues team when you talk about the good and the bad because the good is a Stanley Cup contender that we saw and a bad is a guy who's chucking water bottles at Nazem Kadri. But uh, so far this season, Jordan Bennington has looked like a top-five goaltender in the NHL. He's going to have to be that way if this team wants to make the playoffs because this zone scheme that they have switched to uh, it is heavily focused on defending the middle of the ice and focusing on defense. So the scoring chances are going to be slim, but the defense is hoping that you can keep those scoring chances to a bare minimum. Yeah, the, the Bennington conversation is interesting because, uh, you know, like came out of absolute nowhere and turned into to one of the best goalies in the NHL and then kind of wasn't. But it, it seems like he, he's back on that uh, kind of track of, oh, this is one of the best dudes in the league right now. Yeah, absolutely. And look, uh, to me, Jordan Biddington, and I get called a homer all the time with this, but to me, Jordan Biddington has always been a top-tier goaltender. Now, if you look at his stat line, like, they're not pretty. The year he lost the job to Villejuso in the regular season, that was a struggle for him. But, you know, his first year, obviously winning the Cup, but people seem to forget that second year after they won the Cup, he was an all-star, and his numbers were top five, top ten goaltenders in the National Hockey League. And then once the defense changed, once Alex Petrangelo was gone once Jay Bomeister retired. Then he started to struggle. So the, the reason you're seeing Jordan Bennington back to this, and we saw it in the postseason a couple of years ago, his numbers don't reflect how he played last season. To me, Jordan Bennington was a really good goaltender last year, maybe not in the elite category, but he suffered from the defense that just underperformed. And this year, they've really locked it down. Like, I, I know that the, the – I know the narrative around the Blues this season is, well, it's the same defense, so it can't be any better. No, they switched to this zone scheme to where the high-danger chances have been very low. Teams have had to work to get in on Jordan Bennington, and when they have, he's been able to to, to rob those scoring chances. So uh, Jordan Bennington is right back to where I think he's always been. I just think the coaching staff has recognized that they have to play to their personnel, and right now they're doing it at least on defense to a tee. Uh, 61 games last year. That seems like a lot. Uh, just scrolling through his game log here, or his stats here, you, you don't see a, a whole lot of sixes at the, the start of it. Uh, we're seeing Joel Hofer in goal for the, the Blues tonight. Um, I would imagine they don't want to be rolling out a, a goalie that many times this season. How important is it for a, a goalie like Hofer, who has had success at, the, success at the junior level, gone to the World Hockey Championship? Um, how, how important is it for him to kind of get going to allow them to give Bennington, such a key part of the team, a, a bit of a breather here and there? No, it's one of the most important factors into the season. You asked earlier, you know, what gets them to the playoffs or what needs to go right, and I said Bennington, but the only way Bennington goes right is if you're not overworking him, and that's why they, they, they gave Joel Hofer this opportunity, and frankly, he earned this opportunity. He was one of the best goalies uh, in, the, in the AHL last year, uh, and then when he got his opportunities, I mean, he shut out the Winnipeg Jets last season with a defense that was playing poorly, so he earned this opportunity, but in my opinion, Jordan Bennington's a guy that, you want to see somewhere between 45 and 55 games. That's the sweet spot in a regular season uh, because that way you have the internal competition with another goaltender, which he has proven is when he's at his best, whether it's Jake Allen pushing him or Billy Husso pushing him. That's when Jordan Bennington's at his best. Uh, but it's also keeping him fresh towards the end of the season because Bennington, at least in the last few seasons, 
has had that lull around December, January, where you've relied heavily on your backup goaltender. Uh, Hofer didn't have his greatest game against the Arizona Coyotes. I'm sure there were a couple of goals that he'd say he wanted back. Um, but that's that first game jitters in a new season where he hadn't played for like two and a half weeks. So I'm expecting Joel Hofer to be the Joel Hofer we saw last year tonight. He's a big body player. He's very mobile. He can move the puck just as good as Jordan Bennington, which causes fits for other teams to get offense moving. But if this team wants to have success this year, they need Joel Hofer. Frankly, they need Joel Hofer to play like Ville Husso played a few years ago for the Blues. On the offensive side, like you said, things have kind of stalled out in basically every game but one for the Blues so far this season. Uh, coming into the year, I, I thought that this was a time for guys, like you said, Kairu and Thomas, to, to kind of take that next step forward. That They have identical contracts right now, 24, 25 years old. Feels like the future of the Blues on that line. I always love watching them play, um, but I admittedly haven't seen a ton from them so far this season. What have you seen from Kairu and Thomas so far this year? Are two huge parts of what the Blues are doing. They've looked good. They haven't looked great. And I think some of that is circumstantial, and they're trying to find that chemistry with their winger. Um, Buchnevich was the guy that was expected to start the season, and he did those first couple of games. Uh, and they played well. Off the, uh, defensively, they played well. Like those first two games when they played against Dallas and then when they played against Seattle, they didn't allow their top line of those op- opposing teams to pick up any points. Like it was shutting them down, which is what, those guys' responsibility now is as top-line players. You're going up against the best. You have to outplay them. Uh, and then they lose Buchnevich with the injury to Seattle. He returns, but he goes to the second line because Brandon Saad played well uh, for them against Pittsburgh. Thomas and Kyrou, that's where I say they've been good, not great, because the offense just hasn't been there. Uh, Craig Berube has talked about how they have to have more offensive zone time. They have to have more puck retrievals on that line. And frankly, it needs to be less of one and done. There's been a lot of entering the zone, taking the shot, and then having to backtrack and stop the other team from rushing up the ice. So uh, they'll be there at the end of the season. They're guys that are always at the 60 to 70 points, maybe 80. Uh, but the expectation this season, at least in St. Louis, was to see a guy like Jordan Cairo potentially hit that 40 goal mark and then to see a Robert Thomas to get closer to that 100 point mark. And right now, it hasn't been there but I would say it hasn't been there all around for offense more than it's just been Thomas and Cairo. Yeah, I, I would imagine those guys kind of turn things around, and uh, at least one of us has them on their fantasy hockey teams this year, so uh, kind of hoping that they turn that <laughs> around. Um, but yeah, it just seems like they're both of them are those guys where it just felt like every Blues game, I like if I watched every Blues game, those guys would be pressuring like Gretzky's point record, because anytime I watched, they were just they're so fast. They're so dynamic. It felt like anytime I watched, they had their best games. So it could be a big one tonight. Um, Sod with them is interesting. Cause like you said, like you just, you look at the, the forwards and Oh, Buchnevich, like a, a high level finisher. Um, but are we anticipating that'll be sod for this one? Or they kind of hinted that there could be some other line juggling going on. Who do we think will be the, the third man with Cairo and Thomas tonight? Yeah. So Calgary Flames fans are going to get the uh, taste of the prototypical Craig Berube go-to when things aren't looking well. It's the 11 forwards and seven defensemen. And I, I, I don't say that sarcastically, like the last couple of seasons when things were bad for the blues, where they needed to get out of a lot. And look, things aren't bad for the blues right now. They had one bad game that they've corrected and hopefully they'll put into action against Calgary. But when things haven't looked good, Craig Berube has gone to 11 forwards and seven defensemen. It gives them an opportunity to get more ideal matchups. You double shift some guys on the fourth line. Uh, the changes being Yakub Verana is not going to be playing in this one. 
they're going to move Jake Neighbors up to a top nine role to play with Kevin Hayes. Uh, and I've really liked Jake Neighbors' game. So he's got that prototypical power forward mindset uh, that can be physical. So that's going to benefit this team in terms of depth of scoring. But the part that I know has got everybody's ears perked up in St. Louis is the seven, fo- or the seven defensemen, and they're putting Scott Perunovic in. Robert Portuzo's playing as well, but Scott Perunovic getting in shows me that the Blues really are looking for more offense, specifically from their defensemen. Uh, so Scott Perunovic probably gets some power play time. Scott Perunovic probably gets some uh, offensive zone faceoffs. But the 11 forward seven defensemen, it's been something that's worked for Craig Berube in the past just to kind of fix some of the, uh, the, uh, the issues lying for the Blues. And that'll be the focus that they put on tonight against this Calgary Flames team. When uh, you think of the St. Louis Blues, or at least when I think of the St. Louis Blues, you, you do think kind of defense first, right? Like the the Pronger McKinnis era, uh, the Petrangelo, and now that there are names you recognize on this blue line for sure, right? Justin Falk, uh, Tori Crew, Colton Pareko. Um, I don't need to list all of them. You're, you're rather familiar, I would I would <laughs> assume. Um, but what have you made? You said that they've kind of altered the defensive game plan this year. What have you made of this team on the back end so far this year? You know, I think they've looked significantly better than what they did last year. I mean, they, they just, they were, I mean, the stats show you they were one of the worst teams in terms of expected goals allowed last season in the National Hockey League. Frankly, that's why they were selecting top 10. Uh, some of those issues, though, last year were the forwards' responsibility of making sure that they're back in the zone and, you know, stopping plays before they get started. And that's been really good. You know, the guy that to me has been the best player on the ice, uh, other than Jordan Bennington this season, has been Colton Pareko. Uh, and he's been kind of a whipping boy for the Blues the last couple of seasons, mostly because uh, I think people had false expectations of expecting him to become an elite defenseman. And I, I don't think that's what the expectations ever were for Colton Pareko. Colton Pareko is a, a elite shutdown defenseman. He's not an elite all-around defenseman. And I, I believe a lot of people would agree upon that. But Colton Pareko has been awesome in terms of moving the puck out of his zone, using his size to it as his advantage, killing plays with his reach, and then jumping in on offense. So he's been really good. Justin Falk is exactly what we've seen from him in his career in St. Louis. He's, he's great at creating offense and takes like four to six shots a game. It really has been Tory Krug and Nick Letty that the focus has been on. And, and I like the way that they've been playing. I want to see more offense from them. And that's what Craig Berube has talked about, like getting involved more offensively than the defensive side of the game. But in terms of defending their own front of the net and in their own zone, they've spent a lot of time in their own zone so far to start this season. A lot of that's just been from turnovers and the inability to get the puck out of the zone. But you'll see tonight, Calgary will have issues getting to the front of the net because of this zone scheme that really keeps things to the outside. And if that's how they're going to play, I think that plays to the advantage of Tory Krug and Nick Luddy. Uh, well, scouting report here, Calgary will have trouble getting to the front of the net has kind of just been the story of the season so far that they could put that on the marquee. Uh, so I, I don't know if they need the blues help with that, but, uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes tonight. I do want to get your opinion on the, the flames. Um, uh, this is the, the first meeting between these two sides you got caught up with, with Julian a little bit. Um, he, he covers the team extremely well, but uh, just from your perspective, seeing a, a flames team that struggled last year that has struggled to, to, uh, to start the season. What do you make uh, of this? Uh, this Calgary group that you'll be seeing tonight? You know, they feel so much like the Blues as they're stuck in between. And they're, yeah. in a, they're in the same situation that the Blues were in last year because they've got these pending unrestricted free agents and you don't know what to do with them because you don't know where the team is going. Now, of course, the Blues decided to do the retool and moved on from those pending UFAs. I mean, frankly, from a St. Louis side right now, I look at Calgary and I'm like, man, you got two teams that have just underperformed so far. 
man, there's got to be some type of swap in place that the Blues could make in terms of two players that might just need a change of scenery. But the way I look at Calgary is they've got the, they've got the names on their team. Like you've got Lindholm, Huberdeau, Kadri, Maggiapani. Like they've got the offensive players and, frankly, the defensive forwards that can really eliminate other teams' opposition. And I think they have one of the best six-men defensive unit uh, in the Western Conference, specifically starting with Noah Hannafin, and I know uh, Anderson's not playing in this one tonight, but they just feel like a team that's stuck in between, that's trying to get their their identity back, and I'm not sure they're able to get their identity back until they decide what to do with these guys that are kind of in this purgatory of, are they going to be here or are they not going to be here? Uh, and with guys like Lindholm and Hannafin, those are such critical pieces to the offense that you have to decide where to go. So I'm fascinated to watch this matchup because, again, one team has been really good defensively and struggled on offense. Another team has all of the offensive pieces. I'm talking about Calgary, of course, and they've got great defensemen, and they're going head-to-head with each other who both know that they have to get on the right track, which I think is a perfect way to measure where your team's at. Yeah, and it's it's been frustrating out here because you see all of the names. It's like, what? Why is this not working? Like, because it, 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 I, I said yep. yesterday on the show, last game didn't really feel so much like game seven this year. It felt like game 89 from last year because the same problems have just kind of bled into to this year. So you see all of the names. It should be working. And honestly, I, I see that with the Blues as well. Like, I, I think the world of Buchnevich, I talked about Kairou and Thomas. Uh, Brayden Shen just always feels like he's going to be good. The, the names on the blue line are all familiar. I don't know why it, it's not clicking as well, at least to start in St. Louis. It, like I said, it it just feels like we both host the, uh, both host the same shows with the, the Flames and the, the Blues. It does. It feels like the Twilight Zone. Like, uh, I'm, I'm watching Calgary, and I'm hearing Nikita Zadorov have his comments and Blake Coleman the other night saying, like, I hate losing, we hate losing. Like, we had those comments from Blues players last season. And it's the, the same thing that you just said about, I don't understand why these guys aren't performing. Like, Jonathan Huberdeau has not been the, the $10.5 million player to start the season. People were saying that exact same thing about Ryan O'Reilly last year. Like, he's the number one center, but yet we're not seeing any offense from him. And then Vladimir Tarasenko, like, where did all the offense go? He was an 80-plus point player two years ago. Where is it this season? So the same things that are happening in Calgary are what happened last year for St. Louis. And, and not to, like, put the, the, uh, the bad juju around Calgary Flames fans, but, like, we all saw what happened with the Blues last year where it never got right. You had spurts where it was like, Oh, seven-game winning streak. Here they go. They're about to turn it on, and then you get an eight-game losing streak. Like, the way that, that the players framed it last year was it was a snowball that we couldn't stop from rolling and getting bigger, and mm-hmm. that's what it feels like for Calgary, and frankly, that's what it, it, it can feel like for the Blues. Now, they righted the ship after that Arizona Coyotes loss this season. That felt like one of those snowball moments, and then they go out against Pittsburgh, and they put four goals up on on Sidney Crosby and Tristan Jari, and you're like, oh, okay, they got this figured out. And then they lay another egg against Winnipeg. So tonight is one of those moments, like, does this turn into a snowball for the Blues, or does this stop it and they start to get back on the right track? Um, there are fans out here calling for a, a rebuild in Calgary. Um, out in St. Louis, you said retool has been brought up a, a lot. But if it does go sideways, do you think that Doug Armstrong will kind of, like, okay, well, we tried, it's not going to work, and tear this thing down? Or are they committed to, to this plan that they're on right now? I believe they're committed to this plan as, as much as they 
want to be in the playoffs this year to really kickstart that that retool, uh, Doug has made it very clear that they are transitioning into a new era. And the era was the Ryan O'Reilly's, the Alex Steens, uh, David Perrons, and now it's the Robert Thomas and Jordan Kairos and the Colton Parecos and the Jordan Binningtons. So if this season goes south, I, I still look at it as Doug Armstrong believes it's on the right track in terms of a three-year retool plan. The thing about it is you're really relying on some of these draft picks, like I, like I mentioned, to mm-hmm. take off. There's Jimmy Snuggerud. They're really looking at this kid as somebody who could be a top six, top nine winger, and he's proving it right now at the University of Minnesota. Like I, I compare it a lot to what Matthew Neese did with Toronto last year. Like His second year, he tears it up, he signs the contract, and he joins Toronto at the end of the season. And now he's playing in their top nine. Zachary Bolduc is in the minors right now. The kid that they got from uh, Vegas for Ivan Barbashev, Zachary Dean, he's in the minors right now. So if this season were to go south, I don't see Doug Armstrong saying, well, yeah, we're just going to go into a rebuild and re- rebuild and really blow it up. I think they'll continue with this process in terms of being a salary cap team. They really just would have to wait out some of these contracts to get off the books, like the, the $6.5 million for Tory Krug, the $4 million for, for Nick Letty. They would view it as, hey, we got the right pieces in place. It's just a matter of waiting for the era that we're in to transition into the new one. And I would imagine from a broadcaster standpoint, you just want a player named Snuggerud to do well, just so you can say that, right? Like, we got Manjapani here, and it just flows. I'm so happy that he's good. But to be able to say Snuggerud a lot from a broadcast standpoint would be some pretty high-level stuff, I would imagine. Are you kidding me? I want him to score a hat trick in his first <laughs> NHL game so we can have a snuggy night at some point in St. Louis. Oh man, yeah, the, the possibilities are endless. That when you when you get a, a high level name like that, it just makes the job so much more fun. Um, Alex, this has been a lot of fun, man. Thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Anytime you guys want me to hop on, just reach out. Always a fun time talking blues hockey with you. So uh, good luck in this one tonight. I'm looking forward to this matchup, and more importantly, good luck with this six degree weather you guys have moving <laughs> forward. You know, you keep saying that, and you keep reminding me that that's actually a reality here. And I just I like I, I can try I to know. not look it's, out the window, but oh my god, it's it, it's rough. It's, yeah, it's a jerk move by me. But <laughs> honestly, when we talk again, it's probably going to be the same temperature here in St. Louis, and then I can just whine about it for you guys to to bask in that glory. Yeah, there we go. All right, looking forward to that. <laughs> have a good one, Alex. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. You too. There is uh, Alex Ferrario joining us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Yes, it is. It's quite cold here. That's uh, that, that was all spoken like a, a radio guy who didn't travel with the team. Uh, but I would imagine, like he said, St. Louis gets a, a little bit chilly as well. But no, th- this is this is going to be an interesting matchup tonight. It, it is early in the season, but it, it, it gets late early sometimes. That This feels like a game, I'm not going to say must win because it's October, but th- this feels like a very good opportunity for both of these teams who have higher expectations to kind of get things back on track. Uh, All right, that's going to do it for hour number one. This show is flying by today from the DL Basement Systems downtown studios on this Flames game day. It's the Flames and the Blues coming at you tonight. We have this one covered all different ways. Uh, Flames talk coming up at four with Steinberg and Vickers. Flames warm up pregame show at six, seven o'clock. It is the Flames and the Blues and then the Flames talk postgame show after that. So. We got the Flames covered here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. We also got the Wranglers covered as we chat with their captain coming up in hour number two. Uh, we're also going to be having a conversation with Adnan Verk. So a lot to get to in the second hour of the program. Keep the text coming at 960-960. Uh, but Brett Sutter of the Calgary Wranglers talks ahead of the Wranglers home opener coming up next here on Sportsnet Today on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.